My name is Scott Challoner, and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As regular listeners of our show will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And to this end, we're joined on today's show by Elliot Herod Taylor, founder of The Bunch, a startup business that's seeking to change how students and letting agencies approach bills by overhauling how they're managed while removing unnecessary liability as well. Um, Elliot, very warm welcome to yourself and uh, thanks for joining us. Real pleasure having you. Not at all. Thanks for having me. It's a, my pleasure, Elliot. And uh, obviously there, I've just given a very brief overview as to sort of what it is that uh, your business does. But in your own words, um, what is it that you sort of actually specialise in and what does obviously managing that liability within sort of bills actually involve? So yeah, I think I set out the business um, when I was 20, I was um, in my first year of union halls and then got my first sort of private rented accommodation and moved in with nine others. And like many people, there's always that one unlucky person that's put in charge of setting up all the bills. And um, mm-hmm. in my case, that was me. Um, and it sort of turned out to be a bit of a nightmare. And that's really where the concept, the original concept of the bunch was sort of born. So what we do is we set up all your household bills. Um, we can track directly with the suppliers and then bundle that together. So each person in the house is presented with one consolidated predictable monthly bill. Uh, and in shared accommodation, we split that equally um, and we go one step further and sort of provide individual liability. So you're not liable for other people in the house, which was an issue for me that I faced when I uh, first started. Um, so yeah, the company's been going for about five years now and, um, and more recently the mission's sort of changed um so what we're really trying to do is help young people achieve financial security and independence um and that shift is really opening us up to a core core mission that basically everything that we do is going to be aligned with that financial stability and independence and most of it's going to be helping people through manage through the cost of living crisis whilst trying to improve things like their credit score and ability to manage money. Um, and we're going to do that by sort of giving people access to the best deals for household and even personal bills, um, as, as well as sort of improve that credit score and allow them to money manage by paying those consolidated bills. And hopefully that will open us up over the next couple of years to a wide range of other services that are going to align with that mission statement. Yeah, it's certainly very topical, isn't it? The issue of bills at the moment. And it's interesting how in those sort of circumstances and in this current climate, you've really kind of moved the business on in that sense. And uh, just sort of backtracking slightly um, to kind of, you know, the original idea that you had. um, Did you know sort of that prior to that experience and, you know, sort of being inspired by that experience? Did you did you know before that that you might go and start your own business one day? Or was that the kind of epiphany for you that made you think, you know, something needs to be done about this? Um, I've always been around businesses. My parents have had their own business since I was born and have been sort of uh, accustomed to seeing how that's unfolded and it's always been an interest of mine. And I ended up at university um, by chance and on a course that I wasn't overly interested in. I think for me, I was always had my eyes open to other opportunities. And when I faced this problem and did a bit of research, that was really sort of the springboard for me to go and give it a go. Um, I was quite lucky as well. I was well supported by my university um, up in Leeds who gave me some grant funding and also a year out of my studies to sort of get it off the ground um, and some really good support from some friends as well who came on and um, helped me sort of build 
build the vision and um and we sort of got going from there yeah fantastic and obviously you say the business has been around for about five years now and i think it was four years down the line in 2021 um, you actually ended up uh, coming away with a young entrepreneur of the year award so you know having built the business from scratch to go and accomplish something like that it must have been a very very proud moment for you i i always laugh at awards i think they're nice to have and it is is a moment where you can sit back and look backwards and say yeah we've done a good job but ultimately it's just something that sits on my desk um it doesn't mean too much there's a a much bigger mission and um a much bigger team effort as well to sort of that we're focusing on uh but yeah it was nice to get the recognition but overall there's a lot bigger things that we're aiming for than than the awards yeah exactly right i mean it's essentially you win the award and it's um, obviously quite a nice thing but then i guess for you it's sort of well what's the next big thing what's the next big project or maybe it's just a case of you know it's it's a small win in the context of the big mission isn't it we have to continue improving we have to continue thinking you know are we fulfilling our purpose and as you've done of course and as you mentioned today um given the current climate that we're in i mean you've sought to sort of bring the business onto that next step and obviously move from just you know sort of helping the student community out to sort of helping those young people sort of gain financial independence and in a time like this of course any help that they can get in that sense is going to be incredibly important yeah, I agree. I think if um, if you look at how the world's changed, um, uh, even in the last year, it's incredible. I think um, this cost of living crisis with things like interest rates rising, the energy crisis, which obviously had a direct impact on us, um, the pound weakening day by day, um, all sorts of things. I think this is almost the perfect storm for people to feel financially insecure and there's going to be people worrying all over the country not just students um uh, young people all the way through to all different types of incomes and classes i think the um the mission as you said has had to evolve Mm. um and ultimately i think um if we sat still and did exactly the same thing that we've always done i think we could be left behind i think it's time now to sort of take our learnings look at the new environment and sort of reassess the best way to solve those problems with customers that we're targeting. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, for all the difficulty and for all the strife that, you know, is coming out of this current situation, I suppose it has been a little bit of an opportunity for you, hasn't it? So, you know, sort of look back at the uh, the business and again, evolve that mission. And it, it goes to show, doesn't it, as well um, in history that, you know, some successful businesses really have sprung out of times of economic hardship. And so I guess the way that you're looking at this is to, you know, use it as a springboard, use it as an opportunity to, you know, build on the business and hopefully sort of raise its profile. Yeah, I agree. I think also I've been doing this for five, six years now um, and the world completely changed from when we first started. I was also a naive 20-year-old um, when we first started out, never run a business of this with this ambition of, and scale before. And so obviously continuing to learn um, my own personal environment has changed a lot from being a student through to now being a working professional myself. I'm my eyes are open and seeing and hearing different things. And I think ultimately that's just the evolution of the business. I think, um, uh, I think one of the key things for us or for me personally has been, um, having to have a hard realization that maybe over the last 12 months, we have lost a bit of, um, lost track of exactly why we're doing it and, and what's the core mission that we're going after. And I think that's really been, 
an opportunity for us to sort of sit down as a team, look at where we are, what we've achieved, where, what we're doing badly, what's going wrong, but also look at the current environment. And this is, a, I believe, an exciting time to sort of revamp that, get the whole team aligned and start going um, after a slightly new mission in terms of really trying to help people through these tough times. I can't imagine it. Mm. Um, it's going to be over quickly, um, especially with the energy crisis and everything else that's going on. So I think now is a time that we can look to hopefully add a lot more value than what we're currently doing. Yeah, certainly so. And uh, when you're talking about kind of, you know, just sort of sitting and reflecting and kind of learning from things, um, what would you say sort of the biggest lesson you've learned is since you sort of, you know, started the business five years ago? That's a hard question. Um, I think the the main things that I've come to appreciate more, I would, I would say, I think you're aware of these things, but as of the, the business scales from sort of, a couple of people, uh, we're up to just over 30 now um, and going through different rounds of funding, different revenue targets, different people around the business. I think one of the core things that I've probably realized is how important the, the team are mm-hmm. and getting everyone aligned and focused on on, the, on a core mission that you're all striving towards um, and building a really strong culture is definitely one of the things that I may be underlooked when there was only a couple of us and it was easy to manage um and i think as we try and move from the sort of startup phase to scale up phase i think that's that's incredibly important to get that team right and that culture right i think one of the things that uh we've done we've done well has been um very much uh have an idea go test it go out there go to market quickly uh, but maybe as we've got a bit older, a bit more mature as a business, we're having to take sort of a longer term approach and be a bit more clinical with where we use our resources. Um, but I think that's a natural evolution um, of business. I think for people starting out, it is, I would recommend going, giving it a go, testing, uh, getting those minimal viable products ready um, with not using much capital and, and trying to find that product market fit. I think the, the attitude once you've found that product market fit has to change uh, and also different people are required at different stages. Yeah, exactly right. You've always got to be thinking about that kind of team that you assemble around you as well. And uh, also, I suppose one of the key challenges as well for when, you know, you are a startup entrepreneur and you're looking to enter the scale up phase, it's uh, it's moving back into that kind of more strategic role, isn't it? And away from kind of the uh, the constant day to day running, getting your hands dirty. And um, how are you sort of finding that personally? Has it been sort of an easy transition into sort of, you know, taking on that kind of more strategic position? It's a really good point. I think it's definitely an uncomfortable place to sit um when you are sort of when initially you have direct reports into everything you are the decision maker people start coming to you Mm. for um all those different decisions and ultimately you are just completely tied into that but with working with coaches advisors and the board have been sort of coaching me and training me to be able to remove myself and really empower the team um I think we're at a stage now where we're employing people with vast amounts more experience than I am, I have. Um, and so it's really um, great to sort of empower them and, and also learn from them. But yeah, it is a, it is a weird transition. And I think it's something that I still have to be uh, pulled up on every now and again, where I try to sort of uh, do all the work rather than sort of 
help train coach others to sort of take it take it on themselves yeah that's very right isn't it it's um it's not about necessarily being over one shoulder constantly is it i think you've got to give your team that you know that that empowerment as you call it to you know go and do things for themselves and as a leader essentially you have that sort of policy where you are you are open door and you are accessible but you know you surround yourself with people who are kind of better than you are don't you who can obviously go and do things for themselves and it's almost an acknowledgement of vulnerability isn't it that even at the top of the business you know you're never going to have all of the answers to every single question and I think maybe you could say the uh, the pandemic certainly was uh, was a good example of that, wasn't it? It was one of those moments where you know things were changing almost by the day, and we just didn't know what was going to happen. So we might have had a lot of anxious people looking to us to try and provide some reassurance. And as leaders, maybe we were in a position where perhaps we couldn't do that, and that was maybe um, a difficult lesson that we had to uh, had to really take on. Yeah, I think the goal, what I've envisage is making yourself almost redundant you want to you mm. want the business to run scale hit its targets without the direct involvement of yourself i think that's where you have a business that is um scalable and can be exited as well to sort of deliver that value for shareholders so i think that is the goal i think it's a hard transition to get right and it's not necessarily for everyone luckily for me i like um doing nothing anyway so uh, if everyone else wants to take on the platform or have them take it over um i think yeah covid was obviously a super interesting time it forced different ways of working it, it forced improvements to, to communication um and i think the the effects of that have obviously stayed as well i think the uh teams now are a lot more resilient um we've obviously gone from a full five days in the office to hybrid working uh which it has its pros and cons. Um, but I think, yeah, it's one of those things that you just kind of sort of take uh, day by day and sort of uh, adapt and evolve with, with whatever's in front of you. Uh, and that definitely was a challenge, but it's probably for the best. Yeah, certainly. And um, obviously with working practice having changed within the business, um, what's it been like sort of, you know, fostering that sort of cohesion within the business since then and, uh, you know, sort of keeping on top of kind of the well-being side of things as well. And so sort of how important is that for you personally? I think that goes back to my original point about one of the biggest lessons is um, that I've got had so far is around that sort of team, that culture, and bringing everyone together and looking after people. I think having such low unemployment uh, for the last couple of years, um, as as well as a cost of living crisis, has meant that hiring has been a lot harder. The costs have increased, and so once looking after staff once you've got them and making sure that they're happy and well supported not just from a work perspective but from a personal perspective is is really important um it's a lot more expensive to go pay recruiters 20 percent fees um and onboard people and train people uh, by people leaving because they aren't supported than it is to sort of invest in your in your, in your team but that's also something being transparent that we haven't always got right and i think that's been one of the transitions over the last 18 months around really trying to put a lot of effort into that. I think the employee um, hiring process has become a lot more competitive. And as you, and you can see that a lot of people's pitches for employment is actually not necessarily based around the work that's being done, but actually around that culture and, and those incentives and how you look after staff. 
Yeah, exactly right. It isn't just about sort of going out and sourcing more people in what is a difficult recruitment environment. It's about looking after the resource that you have, isn't it? Consolidating that and making sure that the people that work for you are happy. I think that's very, very true. And it is important because retention is just as important as bringing others on board because, you know, that is your team. That's what's going to be driving the, uh, the business forward. And you essentially know what you're dealing with, with who's in the uh, the building already. So it's a hugely uh, important point. Um, and just sort of thinking about something that you said kind of very early on in this discussion as well. You said you set up the business, obviously, as a 20-year-old. And I appreciate as well that the world has changed, you know, a great deal in the last uh, five years. So it's hard to kind of advise a 20-year-old startup entrepreneur now as to the kind of things that you know that you need to have in mind because it's sort of different times different circumstances so I'm going to sort of reframe this question a little bit that I'm going to ask you now Elliot um if you know you could sort of have the 20-year-old you sat in front of you at this point in time what piece of advice would you give the younger you moving forward um to kind of get something right I mean is there anything that you'd sort of tell them to do differently um Obviously, we've made loads of mistakes. We've had loads of failures. We've let down customers. We've let down uh, team members. And all of those things are things that you look back on and wish potentially done something differently. But also, I think the those are the experiences that make you better. And as long as you take them as learnings and you learn and grow from them, that's all part of the process. Unfortunately, along the way, you, you do make mistakes and people get let down and um, and you don't deliver what you set out to do. But I also feel that that is part and parcel of of the process. The the journey is about making mistakes, learning from them, improving them. So I don't necessarily regret any of my decisions that I make. I think one of the one of the things that I wish I'd maybe done a bit sooner is um, try and be um, sort of more honest. So. Mm. Um, I think starting out when when I was sort of twenty and dealing with uh, people a lot older than me, I, I I felt there was an element of just chasing the the cash and trying to get money in the bank, and we took a lot of bad deals, um, and we we took deals that weren't necessarily profitable or um, they weren't the right partner for us. We just wanted the business, and ultimately those things in the long run start to become a, a problem. So I don't know. I would say just be brutally honest, just be yourself. Some people will love it, others will hate it. Um, and that's something that I've sort of grown with in terms of confidence over the last couple of years. Um, so yeah, about being brutally honest and um, be, but whilst also being empathetic. And I think that ranges from both partners, customers, clients, team, um, and yeah. There's a lot of things that are left unsaid, which ultimately just cause um, problems. And I think poor communication is probably the biggest killer of, of businesses going forward. Mm. Yeah, and I like as well how you talk about kind of not sort of airbrushing your mistakes there because um, it's important that we kind of have that win or learn mentality, isn't it? And we don't shy away from mistakes because that's what we use to develop. It's what we use to get better. And um, as I say, it seems you're taking that on board and are really using that now to sort of move the business forward. And we talked about sort of how the mission of the business is changing to, you know, align with the times that we're in. Um, but with that in mind, um, let's just sort of look ahead just before we wrap things up, maybe 12 months from now, Elliot. And uh, where exactly do you sort of see yourself and see the business by this time in uh, in 2023, do you feel? 
I think the goals for us over the next 12 months is to really double down on, on the mission of sort of helping young people achieve financial security and independence. I think there's a lot of changes that we can make to the current setup and process and product, which are going to really add a lot more value, value, uh, value to people during this, this time. Um, whether that's helping them financially with a range of sort of uh, financial products, helping them budget, et cetera. And I think this is a natural uh, progression for the bunch. Um, we, we started off with wanting to help people um, take away unnecessary liability, bill manage, bill bundle. And that's what we've been doing. But I think now is a real opportunity for us to um, look ourselves in the mirror, look at what we're doing, which isn't aligned with that mission, what is and then really just mm. go for it and try and add extra value. I think for us, we really want to be helping sort of 18 to 35-year-olds on a journey through um, uh, money management, bill management, and, and helping making their lives more convenient as well. Uh, hopefully help people all, all the way to sort of becoming a homeowner. Um, and that's really the sort of market that we want to target. We're getting some uh, good traction in those areas. Um, we're also looking to uh, raise a funding round at the moment, um, sort of to raise our Series A, which is a natural progression for us in mm. terms of us trying to to scale our scale our products across those markets. And so hopefully we'll have that in the bank soon, and we can continue and um, to really push on with with our new mission. Yeah, that'd be absolutely fantastic. And I do certainly wish you all the luck in the world in executing that to the best effect. And uh, it might even be good, Elliot, to catch up at some point in the next year, just to see how things are all sort of coming together for you. Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, thank you very much. Yeah, it would be fantastic. It'd be a real pleasure for me to welcome you back onto the show. And uh, it has been truly enlightening for me. And I'm sure the listeners share that sentiment, just listening to your journey and some of the real lessons that you've taken away from that. And of course, if you have been listening to this and you are a startup entrepreneur and have something to say about what we've talked about today, uh, you can leave a comment with us via leaderscouncil, or one word, .co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us. Or if you are um, sort of starting your own business, you head your own organization and you feel you have your own perspective to bring to the discussion table, then you can actually apply to be on our show and share that perspective on the air with me via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. That would be your port of call there. Um, For now, I've been your host, Scott Chaloner, on today's episode of the Leaders Council podcast, and it's been my immense pleasure to welcome Elliot Herod-Taylor, founder of The Bunch, on today's show. And once more, Elliot, do take care, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll catch up soon. Thank you for having me. And to everybody listening in, please do take care of yourselves as well. And until next time, goodbye.